Welcome back, pod people, to a brand new episode of Cinema de More. I'm your host, Justin Morgan. I'm here with Chuck. Hey, Chuck, how's it going? Pretty good. Good. We did another genre shift. This month, we're talking about cyberpunk. Is everything okay, Chuck? I'm just dying. Is that a cat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like a slight scream in the background for wherever you were at. Yeah, we're talking about cyberpunk. That's genre number two, 2024. And we're starting with Akira, the uh, 1988 anime, or Akira. <laughs> Akira. Akira. Yeah, say it right. Akira is the correct way to say it, so that you felt stupid, listeners, right? You always thought it was just Akira, but it's more like Akira. Cool, right? Uh, I noticed a lot of the names were kind of... I, I felt this time I watched it, I watched it with the English dubs on, and I prefer the Japanese, to be honest. I, I think too. the Jap. I don't know why. I think it's it just that's how it started on the disc, and I was like, you know what? don't feel like changing it i was like i'm gonna give it a shot and see what it's like and i felt like the voice actors in the english version they just didn't know how to say the names so the names shift a lot like the protagonist of the movie is canada and then sometimes it sounded like they're straight up saying canada or canada yeah i was gonna say i got canada a lot. most of the japanese is broken up by every other letter like that's how you enunciate their names so so it's interesting a few months ago we did an entire month of canada and now we're doing one episode of canada <laughs> canada yeah this movie too i i saw it in 2016 it was recommended to me by a good friend i believe 2020 chuck said hey there's a really good sale on the manga for Akira, because he he used perfect Japanese when he said it, and it, I can't remember what the price of it was, but it was a great deal, and it sat on my shelf for four years, and then the other day I tackled it, I read all the manga, and then I rewatched the movie, and I'm ready to go, Chuck, I'm ready to talk about this. I mean, I guess first, since we are talking about the genre of cyberpunk. We should talk about what we define cyberpunk as because I felt that of all the genres that we're going to be discussing, this was the hardest one to pinpoint things because I feel like the prime example of it would be Blade Runner. That's what I think of when I think of cyberpunk. This movie is actually pretty close to it, but we were struggling with some other movies. Like we brought, I brought up Robocop. It was on a bunch of lists for cyberpunk and Chuck didn't think that it was cyberpunk enough. I think that is probably accurate where you get into these movies that just have like slight little slivers of the cyberpunk as opposed to Blade Runner or Acura where they have full-blown cyberpunk setting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know it's like a loose it's a loose definition. It's not it's not anything that's that, that seems like it has any really hard rules from what I see from a lot of people that define it, but yeah, I don't know, except for maybe it's because I've seen things like Akira and Blade Runner a long time ago that that's just like what sticks in my mind is if someone's gonna say cyberpunk, like those are the things I think of, which is like a weird futuristic society where uh, in, in the case of something like Blade Runner where everything's kind of like almost consolidated where like just corporations take over everything there's a lot of that kind of control and a lot of the, the cultures are all like pushed together, it's like they, they don't, it's not like they live in a place where Deckard's not just hanging out in Chinatown, it feels like everywhere in the world is Chinatown, or, or like Tokyo, um, like everything's just been pushed together, uh, from like overpopulation and things like that, so, I mean, I really like Robocop, but yeah, there's, Robocop just feels like the only real, like, cyber aspect is that there's a robot, but everything else in the movie just feels like a generic, like, no, it's a generic, regular dystopia. It's just a really rundown city that happens to have a robot in it. Right. I mean, cyberpunk feels not exactly post-apocalyptic. It could be, I guess, in some settings. But I never imagine. Like when I watch Blade Runner, I believe the story, the background to that, wasn't. It, like I think they ran into like famine and shit like that. It wasn't. Maybe war to an extent, but that wasn't a war-ravished 
City. Uh, I think that also takes place in 2019. Am I right? Blade Runner, and so does Akira, which I'll I'll post or have probably already posted by this point. But uh, whenever I was in Tokyo in 2019, there was like a huge Akira mural because it finally caught up to that date. And they're all getting prepared for the Olympics, which was exactly what I was dealing with whenever I was there. And uh, it's actually kind of interesting because in the real world, they, they had the 2020 Olympics. And the 2020 Olympics, they didn't have necessarily like a good place to put anything so in the story of Acura there's ground zero essentially and that's where they're gonna do the 2020 Olympics and I'm like yeah I mean I guess if a a bomb went off that would probably be a great place to go as long as it's not nuclear is all that prime real estate like is any other businesses you have to get out of the way uh I think this movie too it, it definitely, like, between the manga and... I'm going to end up talking about that quite a lot because there are quite a lot of differences between the two of them. I know Chuck read it. I don't know if he reread it before this. I literally read the entire thing under 24 hours. Like, it was... It's pretty quick to go through. It's not heavy dialogue. It's mostly... feels like reading storyboards. I mean, I guess that's comics, but it's a lot of imagery more than it is dialogue. And I started after this, Chuck, re- finally reading Death Note. And Death Note is heavy dialogue. Like, I'm, I'm going through that a lot slower because it just masses amounts of, like, you constantly have to... Th- I think you're reading what these characters are thinking more than what they're saying in, in Death Note. Also, we have I have that all-in-one edition that's massive. And Steph made the comment today that she said that book is absolutely absolutely ridiculous that's that's like the most condensed massive book i've ever seen before it's comically large it really should have been broken up into a couple books and sold that way i don't know why they decided to do one that i'm sure it's glued it's not sewn in so i'm sure it's gonna fall apart over time it's not gonna last yeah the pages are thin it's like feels like whatever paper they make like vibe that you're like is this like the thinnest paper that they could put an image on and have it not bleed through to the other side Uh, yeah i think that's what they did it's also like there's not page counting on every single page which i really like because i i always tend to look to make sure pages didn't stick but with death note i'm like wiggling my finger around to make sure i didn't miss anything that one's not too bad though because a lot of the story in death note on like a single page you'll you'll already have it jumping to another character uh, it's not real clean like a lot of American comics or how Acura was, where they just the next page could be a totally different place. So you're pretty aware of if you missed something when you're reading that. And uh, I do think it's good, but I did get to a weird part in the middle where there's not a lot going on with any of the the uh, demons. <laughs> it's like a weird subplot that's been going on for a hundred pages. And I'm like, where the hell? There's like none of these characters are even involved in what's going on right now. We're going back to Akira. I have to talk about the manga a lot because that's the DNA for this whole thing. And I hate to be that person, but the manga is way better than the, this movie. And I would still consider this movie like a masterpiece of animation. I think that it's some of the best looking animation that I've ever seen. It's not, it doesn't have that beauty of like Studio Ghibli movies, but it definitely has an amazing attention to detail. And you could tell how hard some of these things, these shots that they take were to do. They also did a weird thing. I know this is like one of the few, few movies that they did recording. They recorded the dialogue first and then did the animation to the to the dialogue separately which is almost never done because it's that's like it's just the more backwards hard way to to do it and that nobody ever wants to do something like that it's almost the equivalent of you know it's why i feel like people that don't don't do movies or aren't like super into film would sometimes think like oh yeah why don't they just film the whole movie in order that seems like it makes sense but like logically that just absolutely does not make sense because it would waste time going back and forth to different things waste money too yeah yeah it's like but 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 i know there's people out there that think that like why don't they just like film it in order that would why wouldn't they do that but 
that's kind of what they did with this, where they they looked at it and was like, yeah, you know what? To make it really look like they're actually their mouths really sync up to the dialogue, record all the dialogue first, then put all the put all the animation to it later. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of anime now. Whenever they adapt it into English, the English translation, like the dubbing, they probably use computer effects to change the mouth if they can to match it up. Um, I had subtitles on, so the subtitles that I had were obviously the subtitles that if you were watching the Japanese version, you would be reading, and it didn't always match up with the English that they were saying. But to a degree, I get it because the translation sometimes needs a little bit of tweaking so yeah the japanese might verbatim be saying this but to translate it into english you might you have to go a little bit further with something that an american audience would understand they started doing this working on this movie after like it was like 82 the manga started and it was released in a, a magazine called young magazine which i do see a character in this movie that has a young a shirt that just says young which is such a japanese thing you know, it was pretty much, I think there's 120 issues and they released them over the course of eight years. I mean, it would be shorter, but they kind of came to a halt while they were working on the movie. And it's really weird because uh, I saw it compared to Game of Thrones. But if George R.R. Martin kind of went back into writing the books after the series was done, because I think there's a nice duality to it where not actually there's so many changes between the manga and the movie that the only thing that's kind of the same is the tone how it looks aesthetically you know this even the characters look spot on from their comic adaptations but beyond that like everything happens in a completely there's a lot of characters that are gone or minimalized they change almost all the situations like there's different characters going through the same things that at different times but i i kind of understand the consolidated version i i think if you wanted to see a perfect adaptation of the of the manga you're looking at probably at least a six hour movie i I think they could probably get that's the weird like uh, i uh yeah i obviously watched the the movie before i read the manga. uh and i always liked the movie and i still do like the movie i think it's a great movie but yeah once i once i read the books kind of looked up more of that info that was such a weird I, like i could never find anywhere where anyone said why why they chose to adapt the the manga in the middle of writing it like knowing that it's not knowing that it's not finished that someone sat there and was like, man we really like I, unless it was some somebody at some like the production company that was like man we really gotta strike while this thing's popular let's put out a movie and the writer saying uh, but I didn't finish the books. I'd be like, just change the ending. We won't. Uh, we'll just make it its own thing. Like it's such a weird, a weird. I mean, idea. the writer of the manga is the director of the I movies, know. so. So he, uh, yeah, I mean, he obviously signed off on the change. It's just still such a weird, uh, like thought process. Like kind of, yeah. Like I know people are saying that. Like I've seen the comparison to Game of Thrones, although that's that's slightly different when that was those books started getting published like 20 years before the show was ever a thing, and George R. R. Martin just still can't manage to get that last book finished after Well, he had last seasons. two books. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's well, I mean, I guess the main but... comparison is George R. R. Martin said that the ending of the book would be different than the ending of the, of the movie, or the TV show. So... It's weird because there are elements at the end of Ecker, the movie, that doesn't translate. I mean, that's kind of in the comic. The comic is a lot better because it you get more information about all these characters. The characters are way better developed, and you get to spend a hell of a lot more time with them. I think that when I'm watching the movie, the stuff that I'm mostly appreciating is the world building more so than the characters the animation is great you kind of get the basics of Tetsuo and why he is you know a loose cannon per se in this entire thing and his relationship to all these other people and there's a lot of backstory too in the manga that's not even remotely talked about in the, the movie I mean you can piece a lot of stuff together without knowing the beginning of the manga is the same way you're getting information without answers, so that, it's pretty much on par with what we saw in this movie. Yeah. 
but I can see why it's widely celebrated. It's uh, I can definitely see why kids like it because it's violent as all hell. Uh, it's probably one of the most graphic cartoons that a kid's going to come across. Sure, there's more violent things if they really want to look for it, but I feel like that's something <laughs> that a parent would buy for their kid being like, oh, it's just a cartoon. And it's like people getting blown away by guns. Hey, maybe it's a good lesson for firearms. Yeah, they could do a lot of damage. But yeah. Hey, those guys were terrorists. They, uh, they knew what they were getting. Yeah, and, and when you're talking about influential stuff, too, there's a lot of, like, I'm big into Final Fantasy VII, and there's a lot of stuff that's clearly from this. I know the the creator, Automo, said that the thing that he was most inspired about when he was writing the manga was uh, Gigantor, which I can see. I used to watch that a lot as a kid. I don't know if I had access to a whole TV show. I think I had, like, collections of animation and there was probably a couple cartoons of that on there and I think I've seen probably some on whatever the hell channel I'm watching as a child but yeah it just it kind of it just goes for the throat I guess one of my favorite adaptations that are is like widely different from the book is The Shining and I would say that this movie feels a lot like that movie it really doesn't follow the manga that <laughs> that well at all the protagonists are the same. They're teenagers that are in a really bad part of the world. They're delinquents and juveniles, and they're a part of a motorcycle gang, which that seems to be, a, if they're a delinquent, they're in a gang, and uh, it kind of goes from there. Because in the manga, there's tons of motorcycle gangs, and in the anime, there's two. There's our protagonist that we're following and his group of friends, and then there's the clowns. That, yeah. That's all you get. Yeah, it's very much like a, uh, it's definitely a uh, warriors type, type thing. <laughs> yeah. That you get, yeah. You get some more stuff in the, yeah. Which uh, I wish we kind of got more of that in the anime. Like, kind of just add a little, a little bit more to show because they kind of reference the fact that there's like more street gangs, but they do the cops kind of do all refer to them as like, ah, eh, they're just another one of those biker gangs. Like they don't really seem to take them very seriously. Yeah, and and the like, like the changes that I can think of, the the uh, Automo said that the bike that uh, the protagonist Canada rides is uh, it changes from panel to panel. Like he's like, there's no consistency whatsoever to that bike, and it it is a little bit more consistent when you're watching the anime. Although it does change too. Like I, it's it's not a hundred percent the same bike from beginning to end. Also the jacket. The infamous jacket with the pill or the capsule on the back of it. What does it say? Bad for health, good for education. Yeah, backwards. Good for health, bad for education. I had it the backwards, yeah. That is only in, like, promotional stuff, posters. Yeah. The movie only has the pill, and the manga has nothing. They're, like, I was like, when's he going to get his jacket? <laughs> it's like, it, has his, it didn't matter. I like the, and, uh, yeah, there's... I do like the the way they play uh, having the team protagonists in this movie especially and he does it I think he does it a little bit in the book too um, where he's like just always referring to like everyone around him's always like oh whatever these old guys and like that one cop and he's like hey old man he's like I'm 25 yeah I don't even have kids what are you why are you calling me old man and it's just like everybody <laughs> yeah. anybody that's not a teenager is like an old guy to them like they just live that that life where everything just everything's just their youth and them doing you know crazy stunts on their bikes that yeah literally anybody that's over the age of 18 they're just like whatever old timer and i don't think for the anime they toned it down but the shit they cut out does kind of tone it down very early on Canada goes to this nurse to figure out what's in this capsule that he got a hold of and you find out that he like impregnated her and doesn't give a shit about her the same thing for Tetsuo in that manga his love interest is the same character that's in the anime the way that they meet is that, uh, that when there's a point of him and uh, Akira rolling all of Neo Tokyo or a big chunk of it he gets like sex slaves so they're like here's your sex slaves and one of the sex slaves is becomes the love interest for him and they cut that out but they also lost a lot of stuff with kai who's like the main character 
secondary character for most of it, but then there's parts where Canada goes missing. There's a whole book with it, basically him not in it at all. And uh, she's a part of the Rebels, and I felt like she was a lot older, but the anime kind of makes it seem like she's possibly the same age as the rest of them. I think she's only like 20, maybe 24 or something like that. So he's an old, old lady. Yeah, too old for him. Yeah, they're supposed to be 16, 17. Also, there's a lot more drug use in uh, with the capsules and stuff in the manga. It's supposed to be more equivalent to, like, meth or, or, yeah. or something. Yeah, they're all, like, all on speed and stuff like that. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's very... Uh, yeah, again, there's hints of it in this. Like, he goes to that bartender, and he's like, you want to give me some capsules? But he never... They never, like, flat out are like, oh, you're looking to do some hard drugs there, buddy. Like, they never really go too deep into what they're doing with them. Yeah, and I, I think it's more for time because it's so violent and stuff that I don't think that they really chose to be like, let's kind of make it more for the kids. It's still, like, I'm pretty sure it's an R-rated movie. I, I'm not sure. I probably should be. <laughs> I mean, and then when you look at, like, the cyberpunk aspect of this, too, uh, they don't go too crazy with futuristic shit. Like, the most futuristic shits, laser cannons that need batteries to run... Uh, there are flying motorcycles they call platforms but that is about it because the, uh, some of the artwork that they showed of like the helicopters and stuff originally they went for more futuristic looking things and then they toned it back to what would probably be more possible at that time after this war ravaged world which it is a war ravaged world they don't even really say I don't even think they bring it up in the anime but in 1982 this bomb dropped and in Tokyo, and it started World War III. Uh, it ends after a couple, like, eight years or so. There's a lot of shit that we don't know what's going on, but, you know, uh, up until 2019, which is 38 years later, the big an anime difference is that it's 31 years later because apparently this happens in uh, 1988, so they shift the time slightly, which doesn't really matter either way. But you do get a kind of a, an interesting reveal where they don't really talk about World War Three; They just talk about other cities being destroyed, which is interesting because there's a more or less science experiment that's going on. And it basically detonates an area and blows up a huge chunk of Tokyo. And that mistake that they kept concealed was written up as like a, a dropped bomb and... They, led to war so it destroyed a bunch more cities like yeah, i think they said that it, was, that it was a bomb that went off yeah i think like a bunch of american cities and shit are gone too because of war uh, you don't see anything else besides neo tokyo which is built on the destruction of tokyo bay uh they don't really go into anything nuclear though they don't talk about like radiation well i guess they do a little bit when they get into like the lab part but you would think for the whole city, radiation might be an issue. Well, but it wasn't a radioactive bomb, so I guess that's... It's almost like that's probably... I think it's how they they keep people out. Like, they put up those signs up that are like, stay out of old Tokyo, and that's probably what they tell people. It's almost like it's almost like uh, uh, Godzilla, the, mm -hmm. the new American one, where they're like, there's no radiation in there. They're just trying to keep the people out because they don't want mm. you to know what's really in the in the city. So everything yeah, and that would keep lie. people out. Yeah, yeah, everything is a big lie. Uh, we miss a bunch of great characters, though, because, like, the, the Colonel character, he's in the anime, but, like, after the first two books, there's six of them, he becomes kind of like a rogue character, more or less teams up with Canada. Canada also grows, like, a huge deal. Like, he starts off like that adolescent punk and not that much time has passed. I would say the manga probably takes place over the course of a couple months. It's a little more than a couple months, but like not, it's not years or anything. He matures up with, you know, the situation that he deals with. But like, yeah, everything is so out of order. There's a moment in the anime, well, it's like the end. At the end, whenever he's fighting Tetsuo, he shoots him. And I'm thinking the, in the manga, that was like one of the first things to happen to him. Yeah. And he's like real offended, like, you shot me? And goes on a rage but yeah we're introduced to these psychic children i think they're called the espers espers or something and they're part of the mystery behind what's going on 
The manga doesn't go straight into what the hell's going on either, but Tetsuo, who's in Canada's motorcycle gang and easily is like the most picked on bullied person of the whole gang, he ends up confronting one of these espers and ends up uh, hurt. Through the process of examination and stuff, these scientists find out that he's got the uh, he's got the right stuff for their programs of uh, telekinesis and shit like that. So they start doing experiments on him, and we find out soon that he's becoming as powerful as what destroyed Tokyo, you know, decades beforehand. And it kind of goes from there, which I think the age group of these characters is excellent because the teenagers that just don't really have a, a love for life well actually they're and then the way they're raised like street rats and shit and always picked on by the cops and everything like i imagine exactly like a tetsuo he's he's basically like a school shooter like he's a scary guy he's like he's not he's not scary until he has something uh you know some sort of tool to take out on all these people and he's like so immature that he becomes scary because of that. It's an accurate Tetsuo your average school. That's pretty much what he is. He's just like yeah. had his terrible life and was picked on and his view is that he's not good enough and everybody like laughed at him at at, at his expense. Also, you have to remember, I think I don't think you're pronouncing their names correctly. You have to you have to say it like the uh, like the soundtrack is a Tetsuo. Tetsuo. I love the music. Oh, they do say Tetsuo different ways uh, in that American dubbing that I listened to. It was like, Tetsu was what they said before. Then they were like, Tetsuo. So it it wasn't, it didn't stick either from actor to actor. It's one that I'm sure it was like some, some of the people when they came in, it was like, how do I pronounce this? And like, maybe maybe he's that different guy was like doing it that day. He was like, "Ah, I think you pronounce it like this. And I'm like, and That's then you have two characters, the uh, Kay and Kai, which I'm like, yeah. when you're reading the manga, their names are like, they look like exactly the same thing. And Akira, he's not even in this movie, really. I mean, he, there is a snippet of him that you see, but when they get to the big reveal of releasing him in the, in the anime, he's already dead. And it's just like his body parts and stuff. And in the manga, he's alive and he's been frozen for so long that he's basically a, he's still like a 10 year old at heart so he's easily manipulated and then there's like a whole religious group I was about to say that, yeah we don't get the we don't get the whole we only get a little bit of the cult in, in this movie like just the, the little snippets of them and they side swap too because the religious cult that you see in the movie they're for Akira but they're not they're not they're kind of the the antagonists of Akira's group and they're actually led by another Esper who is they have numbers it, well they kind of don't go strong over it in the anime but Tetsuo gets number 41 so you at least know that there were 40 of them before him and this woman is number 19 and she's an old woman they all are little kids that have aged rapidly but don't grow but she didn't have the same tests as the number 20s did, so she actually got to, like, grow up, too. I mean, it gets a little confusing, because the other ones are, like, they're, like, that little kid, and it's, like, a very old-looking little kid. It makes me think of um, uh, the brood or something, like, a bunch of... Do you think they're, like, they're kids, but they are like have, like, the bodies of, like, 80-year-olds or something? They're also, uh, yeah, this movie also definitely, like, has possibly maybe the strongest influence on uh a lot of the plot of stranger things like, I feel oh like yeah it's like you know everyone always wants to compare how it's similar to like you know more 80s stuff like like oh it's got stuff like uh from all the slasher movies and romero movies and that type of stuff and it's like the entire concept of you know the program that the main characters in 11 is especially in the most recent season is entirely is entirely like that one sequence where we learn about how the kids were tested and they're all even wearing like the ha the hats with the wires running to them exactly like the like she is in the in the show it's like that's that's probably the most blatant ripoff that that show does is it's just whole wholeheartedly took that entire concept from this movie 
and turn that into a, a major plot of that piece. Exactly, and also Even like down the, to the only numbers back... and like everyone having their own number and that being a significant thing about what number they have. Yeah, and they kind of have like some unlock different abilities, and there's the same thing of the one that went wrong in yeah. the past and how the other one is similar to the one that went wrong yeah it, it, it is the same and underground it's like all these underground government exper uh, experiments and you know they are supposed to be used for warfare like fighting of, of some sort yeah that's definitely all the same they said that in it's obviously more the manga but most of them died like very early in their experiments and I think the only ones that they said that were, like, successful were the ones that were in their 20s. So, like, the numbers, like, 20 through 29 were, the, like, the most um, acute to the psychic abilities and stuff. So, I don't know what the hell happened to the 30s, where, like, they still had another group of kids and, like, uh, murdered them. Yeah, that just, uh, just didn't work. Uh, there also kind of ties in a little bit to, like, Star Wars. It makes me think of the midi Calorians because the stuff that's in people uh, they have everybody has these psychic abilities <laughs> yeah you just don't know how much uh, psychic ability that you have to un potentially unlock uh, it's also uh, like x-men too where it's just like this another evolutionary jump that they kind of just unlocked in certain people so that's where things kind of get confusing because when uh tetsuo runs into Takashi I think's his name yeah. that Esper you think at first I mean at least like from the anime I thought that whatever he did to Tetsuo he made him that way but the real way that he's unlocked is from these experiments that the government does on him while they're trying to like cover up that anything happened there they're like yeah he's got the genes exactly the way that we need so they start doing the experiments on him create a supervillain, which they just kind of need to stop because they had their entire city explode and start World War III. So, I don't know, maybe stop messing with it. But the government actually, they said years after the explosion, they kind of went back, back into it and trying to figure out how to work on it, which is where they kind of come up with the idea of uh, they use drugs to hinder their psychic abilities so they're able to control them better and a huge plot of the manga is that Tetsuo is having extreme reactions to the operations and the experiments so he is he has like a constant headache that constant headache causes incidents and stuff like that so he does start taking the pill pills to to like calm himself and later gets convinced he's like no no they're like that's not making you stronger that's actually keeping you weaker you need to just get over your headaches you, you just need to suck it up so he literally goes cold turkey and uh becomes like the ultimate super villain i guess he's a good villain though i mean he does there's like a human uh like a humanistic part of him that you do see but i mean yeah it's from the person this <laughs> bullied his all his whole life so you don't stand for for that but he is fucked up like in the manga he's he's giving them these he's giving his followers these pills and the pills will kill you if you don't have the psychic ability at all so like there's a scene very early on where he gives them to like three of his followers and two of them instantly die and one of them's like really sick and he's like you didn't die so you have the powers <laughs> we're gonna unlock those powers because in the manga too you get yeah you get a couple characters like uh a lot of the characters have followers that are psychic number 19 that lady has a couple monks that are psychic and um tetsuo has a few too but do you think that it's weird that Ikara's not like is not in this movie at all for being the title of the movie title character yeah yeah it is I feel like that might be that might be something that most people would wonder. But yeah, again, if they've only seen the movie version versus reading the whole book, where, like you said, he isn't a character in the book. Still, not really the. It's it's almost very much a Legend of Zelda thing, where even in even in the book where the character of Akira has an expanded role, still not the main character of the of the book. Like, not no, really. even like it's when still, he's the leader of his 
Yeah, when he's the leader of his cult, it's yeah. Tetsuo that's running yeah, that it's thing. It's still like Tetsuo and Kaneda are, are kind of like the two main characters that are that are kind of battle each other different ways. So it's like, yeah, I always think of that same thing. Like I said, uh, very much a Legend of Zelda where it's like, what, like everyone watching this movie, where when's that Akira guy going to show up? <laughs> Odd choices all around uh, for what they chose to do, but... Uh, it works in the anime just because it is the catalyst of, of everything that's happened yeah, in the yeah. movie. So even though he's like body parts and uh, they yeah they do cut a lot it's of still, corners yeah, like it's still a, it's he's still like in the story and still involved in the in the plot you know he's supposed to be in that uh, that like cryogenic chamber that's buried underneath there you do like, see him as like a ghost for like a, for like second, a second with the yeah. other espers and, and it does it makes me think of things like other movies that take ideas from it looper like the little kid that's just like this uh extremely psychic like that's exactly what although i think his stuff unlocked more as like x-men like an evolutionary jump but yeah that's i definitely had stranger things vibes when i was re-watching this and reading it uh the manga goes w way greater because where this movie kind of climaxes the series kind of goes on the very first battle that you have with Tetsuo, he does blow up. Like, he kills the tons of people and then lives on for a little bit. There's basically, like, three other levels, and the espers are, like, they want to stop him because uh, I don't I don't really 100% know why they, they want to stop him, but uh, they're afraid of, like, the destruction of the Earth, which is also described as, and in the anime, like, the Big Bang. So even though it is a destruction, it's actually, like, a creation. It's, like, the same thing that created a universe. Yeah. So that, that's another weird subplot that it makes it into this. Yeah, because, I mean, the movie, that's what happens when he blows up in the movie, uh, and he takes the Akira and the the three kids go with him, but it's, like, very much implied that they're not really dead. They're just, like, on a different plane of existence somewhere, like, a different psychic plane because of their powers, but that they could come back at any time if they're strong enough and they can figure out how to use their powers together that they could come back. Yeah, I think the anime, too, for me, was... It, it kind of lets you sum that up. Like, the very ending shot, you get that voiceover, I am Tetsuo, which means that he didn't merge with Akira. He just... He's still there. Like, he's still in existence somewhere. I mean, the pop culture, though, for this movie is pretty insane, too. I know this is a huge movie that Leonardo DiCaprio was, like, trying to produce for years... And now he's probably everybody's way too fucking to, old. Everybody's <laughs> he's trying to make this movie. I think it's still like Taika Waititi's still maybe attached to it. I don't know. For he was the most recent director attached to it, but yeah, Jordan Pill had it, and he does steal that one shot of the bike sliding for, for uh, nope. Yeah, which I mean, well, everyone has stolen that the bike sliding scene that's been in so many things since this movie came out. But I don't know that I'd even want to see a live action version because of the. I don't know. The animated version's already pretty perfect. There's not really anything. I don't think an, uh, a live-action version would improve on it. If anything, I feel like it'd probably be worse. <laughs> I feel like it. I think you could make a good version. Oh, and... You could make a good version out of anything, but yeah, the, the things that you could do versus the things that will happen. Uh... Well, do you think if they did it, they should just do anime again and do like a I think like a limited make series? A, make an actual yeah, like make an actual adaptation of the of the whole book like yeah whether you do like a six hour or like a 10 episode you know single season type thing yeah i mean you're right because i if they do the live action like as everybody's wanted to do they're gonna follow the book it's the only way to be different from the anime and be respectful to the anime still it's weird though because i i would want to see the japanese make it but at the same time well in the current time they're very heavy on special effects, and they nowhere near get the uh, the money for sets like Hollywood does. I mean, I was impressed with Alita. I thought that it was a good combination between CG and practical that made it feel like a, a believable, livable world. I just think the bad thing about... I, I feel like an adaptation that's an American of uh, Akira is going to be a bunch of Americans. And it's probably going to take place in New York and then have Neo-New York. You know, it's not going to be... It'll be like Ghost in the Shell. It'll be in Japan, uh -oh. except everyone there is white for some reason. <laughs> For some reason, all the characters in Japan are still all, all Americans for no reason whatsoever. 
Yeah. I don't. Yeah, because I, I mean, a lot of the anime characters are drawn like I saw. They're like they're drawn to look more like cats. So you get a lot of different, uh, like they're not necessarily supposed to be Japanese people, but in the manga, there are Americans. And when the Americans appear, like the very first one that you meet, his name, his last name is like a very heavily Japanese name. He's just like, I'm an, I forget what his name was. It's like, I'm, I'm Ronnie Yamagata or something. I'm like, what? Your animation looks just like the Colonel or something. So like, you don't look very far off. Yeah, the Americans and stuff that you do see, they're, they're scientists that come in and they're trying to neutralize Tetsuo. It's interesting, though, like the battles that they do have, because the ones that do stand is Kay fights him. She only has a little bit of psychic ability, but the way that it happens in the manga, the espers are able to like enhance her abilities and kind of like control and drive her. But uh, Kaneda, he doesn't have any powers and he fights them. He does in the manga too. Like at the end, he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I have a laser gun. I don't understand that to the extent of Tetsu really doesn't have like a lot of weaknesses. He's just kind of out of control and overpowered. And it kind of does have that like Batman versus Superman feel of I'm gonna take down a god and somehow is successful in that fight. But yeah, like the at the at the what would be the climax of this movie that doesn't happen is the next explosion that happens is Akira gets enraged when they shoot uh, one of the kids. Uh, there's an assassination attempt. They miss Akira and they shoot. I forget his name, Tanashi or something. Uh, he's the kid that meets Tetsuo in the beginning. There's like some psychic connection between them all, so he rages and just totally annihilates all of Tokyo all, all over again. Then Tetsuo is kind of, when they keep talking about like, oh, he's getting to Akira length or Akira strength. But I, I do. I enjoy it a lot. Um, the manga, I think, if you can read it and read it cheap, it's it's not, uh, it doesn't take long to read at all. It's pretty quick to go through. Uh, the animation, I think, is great. Uh, I didn't read the American version. The version that me and Chuck have are based off of the original manga. So when they actually made the manga, which you read left to right, for the American version, when those were released, they they flipped them. Um, I think they literally, for the most part, just actually mirrored, mirror flipped the images and then started putting in the English. And then they had, I think, a computer program or person that colored it. So all theirs were in color, too, which... Uh, we didn't really have here. They just kind of gave samples of what things would look like or feel like. Uh, I love the animation of all the destruction because when it happens, it does feel like it's like piece by piece. Like it's very detailed with like how everything is getting destroyed or even better when the um, Tetsuo starts absorbing nearby objects and they become like biological. He becomes like this blob of a fetus thing. It makes me think of the blob. Like it's just this constant flesh mutation that's like absorbing people and things and taking them in. So you get to see a lot of, I, I mean, I, I would say it's gorgeous. I think the animation's gorgeous in this, even though it's, it is kind of grotesque things that you're seeing for the most part. Take your kids. I mean, you're seeing some people get like shot in the face and bombs going off. Some bad language, I guess. Giant teddy bears and bunnies. It's, it's not like. Yeah, there's like a cartoon car. There's nudity in it. it like they get little slivers of like sexism that slide slides into the manga, but it's not heavily influenced by that. But it does a lot of times feel feel like a male fantasy for sure. Like. The, you're gonna have like a sex slave that falls in love with you like that definitely feels like um some sick fantasy but yeah i mean i guess i don't know exactly when we got it if we got it in 88 but it's an anime that i've been hearing about my entire life like i just yeah i still saw it pretty late in life i kind of never gave anime the time of day and now there's a few that i've seen and i appreciate them more and i respect what's going on as far as like anime television shows go this movie really kind of doesn't cheap out on what's animated and what's not animated very often. Like there's a shot of probably the worst shot in this entire movie is when they get on the platform to go down to where Akira is, the cryogenically frozen. 
and uh, the animation is very bad of like people standing on the platform and like they're literally getting pulled farther and farther away. So as it's getting pu pulled farther and farther away, the imagery like looks worse and worse. But beyond that, like, you don't really get that too much. Like, usually everything is constantly moving. It's not a camera moving around on a, a still image that you get with most anime. We did do some Miyazaki a few years ago, so we've done anime before, and we'll probably do some animation, too. <laughs> this is the last animated movie anime, ever. We'll never, never talk about it ever again. Hope you enjoyed it. I mean, I definitely would seek out both. Maybe watch the movie first, because then the you're, you'll probably be like, "That was a great movie," and then you can then you can be like, "Okay, the story wasn't as good as the manga was, but yeah, they're different enough at least that they were it's worth checking out both. At least I'm glad that they that they did do an ending for the movie and didn't didn't just leave it as like, "Oh, you'll have to wait for Akira 2. Like they, they, and the manga, like you're not, it's not ruined. Some elements from the from the movie made it in, but it's different enough that the climax is really ex is exciting in Hamanka. How young were you when you saw this movie, Chuck? I, know, I was probably still in high school. You're one of those people. I mean, I do remember going to Hot Topic and seeing like a, an Akira shirt, and I'm not being like, okay, cartoons, cool. I was being real disrespectful. Look at all these nerds version i watched is the 4k version from a last year year before or four years ago like i don't remember when these things come out the sound design was great they really did a good job there but the transfer for the 4k was really well done too so it was nice to see and no the grit and everything was not gone i don't know 4k is not like that anymore it doesn't clean it up to the like polish it up so it looks beautiful like, it still looks like garbage, and I liked it like that. Well, I mean, you can see some of the, the fuzz and stuff. I mean, it's mostly in the animation itself, but it's fucking sick. Uh, does this make you want one of those motorcycles? Always. An electric? Uh, well, it's ga it has actually gas. It's got all the stickers on like he's a NASCAR racer mm -hmm. from all the brands. He's got to make sure he's got his sponsorship deals. That's about as Blade Runner as it gets with all the logos and labels and shit all over his bike and i do like some of the other bike gangs and stuff they just have regular motorcycles they don't have anything fancy yeah, yeah they're just like this bad boy goes so fast yeah that's why that's why you know Condit is the coolest guy because he's the only one with that sick bike and everyone else is just like riding regular regular motorcycles and dirt bikes and he's like yeah i just like hand built this super crazy uh, futuristic bike that no one's ever seen before and in the manga, it's not in the it's not in the part of the story for very long before that he's like riding like giant spiders and yeah, yeah. other weird shit. I mean, yeah, you miss a lot of cool things where Tetsuo becomes like he become he doesn't become like he becomes the leader of the clowns and they do his bidding to basically get him as much drugs as they possibly can so that he can control his rage. And then that's when uh, they make a plan to join all the motorcycle gangs to take him out. See, but yeah, that like bike, the warriors, it's... All the gangs got to come together. Yeah, they all have to come together. There's no secret radio DJ, though. That's the only thing that this was missing. That character seems to... Like, they need to exist so they know what's going on. People do get news in some way. I mean, they're, they are being lied to by their government. But yeah, they're pouring all the money into the Olympics and they're like, we don't have any more money for your science experiments. And they, I guess they raised the money by saying, do you want another explosion? Well, then we better keep doing the science experiments. You want World War Four? Yeah. You want another World War? Is that what you want? We've already had a couple. Already had three yeah. now. Want some more? Yeah, I mean, and they don't even, they don't go far into it. From the explosion, Tokyo had to, like Japan had to attack another country and bring every involve everybody else in it a lot of finger pointing probably the cold war era shit really took off these are people that are writing about their experiences seeing or you know even if they're just a generation or two removed they experienced their country being war ravished and had to rebuild from scratch and i do think there's a big fear of like it could happen again 
as opposed to like in the United States, like we did have the World Trade Centers uh, attacked and go down. Could you imagine if all of New York went down? You know, like huge scale. People feel safe. I guess they're not really safe. I own it. Chuck owns it. You can see it. I don't know. I probably, probably Crunchyroll or something. Hulu has it. Hulu has it. There you go. Maybe Disney Plus yeah. for the yeah. kids. Well, they have that combo thing now, so yeah. it's a possibility. What do you like the most about this movie? Like I said, I think the I think the score is really good. I think that's my favorite thing. I really like the it's like techno, but it's like a lot of drums. Like the most of the soundtrack is just like a lot of drums going on. Yeah, it doesn't have like the Daft Punk electronic feel that it probably would now have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this movie would this movie would be scored by by Daft Punk if it came out now. Uh, yeah, again, obviously, probably probably a lot of Tron influence with that bike. His bike looks the most kind of like the light cycles a little bit. Yeah, and I don't know when that he would have been developing this time wise because Tron would be out probably before he the first issue came out, and Blade Runner's definitely out before the first issue comes out. Tron was eighty two, so yeah, like. Well, is it late 82, though? You know, like, he had to have had some time to draw something. And I think the motor- the motorcycles are the very the first, pretty much the first thing you're seeing when you're reading the, the, the manga. I mean, maybe they did just have the same idea at the same time. It happens. It seems to happen a lot. It does happen, yeah. You know what? I always wonder if it's, like, something that we're not seeing. Like, Harley Davidson just, like, had a mock-up future bike for, like, something... And they like, everybody's like, oh, we got to quickly like copy this bike the best that we can and put it into our movies and our, you know, whatever media that we're putting out at the time. It kind of opened my eyes up to the fact that animation uh, doesn't necessarily have to be for kids because American animation for the most part, I feel is almost always targeted towards kids. I mean, just recently, well, within the last couple years, uh, a lot of like underground cartoons that Cartoon Network had had started airing at night. You know, I'm thinking of, you know, even like things like on Fox, like Family Guy. Uh, Simpsons was considered an adult cartoon, but it never really went anywhere that Mike is maybe like, have you question, was that okay for a kid to see? And now everything's like, I don't know if this is something that I would want uh, my kids watching. Kids watching like Rick, or Mor- Rick and Morty is probably the equivalent of kids watching Beavis and Butthead. They're probably learning the wrong lessons for things. Oh yeah, I guess you do have Beavis and Butthead do America. That's that's probably the most adult animated movie I grew up with. Yeah, in the in the nineties, two thousands, yeah. That's just a weird I wanna say weird, but just a different cultural viewpoint, I guess, of yeah. There's like people you know, adults read manga all the time in Japan, like you'll see I've seen you know, videos and pictures of people they'll like be all be on the subway and it's like, you know, adults reading these, but in America still up till like kinda of fairly recently it's always been like, Oh, you read comics? What are you, like ten or something like that? Yeah, it is something that's like very childish because I, I think of and Marvel did release the Akira books. But yeah, you think Marvel you or D C you like they are pretty focused towards kids still. Uh, I love the Spider-Man comics. They're definitely for kids. Um, But some things that I've read, like, you know, Batman was for kids too, but certain people took it a different way, like Frank Miller, and made it more for adults to kind of get back into. And I think that's why now you get those weird, like, edgelord people that they kind of want, like, the overly violent superheroes and that immaturity, like, that's... Anytime they see a Marvel movie, they're like, that's for kids. I just want to see Batman shoot people or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember when it, years ago, I went to go see the Lego movie. A woman I worked with like, why did you go to that? Because it looked funny, but when I saw that it had a pretty high rating, I was like, okay, I'm going to go see it and see what it's about. But you don't have any kids. Why, why would you want to see that movie? I don't know. I guess I'm a creep. And I went there for the, you know, like I didn't go there for the kids. In fact, I'd be like, get the kids out of here. I don't want all these little shits talking during my Lego movie. I still pretty much go and see uh, the new Pixar movie. I mean, I didn't last year, but I will see Inside Out Part 2. And Toy Story 5, when that comes out, I'll go into theaters for that. But yeah, another big advocate, too, that we have is uh, Guillermo del Toro. 
he did his Pinocchio, and he's like, animation is just a way to tell your story. It's not necessarily for kids. And his Pinocchio is definitely not focused towards kids. <laughs> like, takes place during World War Two and dealing with dictatorships and, you know, again, famine and starvation and all that shit. Dictatorships. He loves dictatorships, yeah. I don't think he loves it, but it's like, yeah, he goes back to it and... He likes to add, like, a fantasy element into something terrible. Uh, that's probably the best way to describe a Del Toro movie. Some sort of fantasy element in a very terrible setting. <laughs> I mean, it sums up everything I can think of. Great movie, great manga. I know there's so much more I could break down between the differences because the differences are constant. But like we said, check out the movie, then read the manga... I mean, I'm sure you can get it from some sort of Kindle version cheaper, too. There's got to be some service out there where you can read it cheap. Or just look on Amazon, see if that box set went down in price. I don't even remember what we paid for that thing. I don't know what this means. I, I think we got it for less than whatever half the, the price of it was supposed to be. It was low. It was the low, low deal of $6. Dollar per issue. Uh, no, it's really nice, and it's been sitting on my shelf for far too long, and I think that's why now I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start reading everything that, <laughs> that I can, uh, because I've had far too many things sitting on my shelf for far too long. Yeah, and and this, even though it didn't go as long as our Zodiac episode, there is probably so much to break down, but no, it's not history, but there's so many differences and things to bring up that make it worth talking about. I think that you could listen to several different podcasts that are talking about this movie and you can listen to hours and hours and not hear people saying the same shit we're continuing our cyberpunk next week with uh catherine bigelow's strange days which i discovered when we covered her a couple months ago and i said i'm gonna try to watch all her movies and that was like one of the biggest surprises i think chuck as of now and anybody that wants to get ready for it i think it's on hbo max I'm never going to keep up with this shit, Chuck. Ever. You'll never remember what it's called. No, they'll be like, now it's just Axe. <laughs> we got rid of the M. There's no M. Everything merged. It's just stream. Stream the channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the future, <laughs> there's only one channel. And it just has everything on it. And you can't pay for no commercials. You have to watch yeah, all the commercials. commercials. Yeah, there's no, there's no ad-free tier. Yeah, we're in a uh, post-apocalyptic world, I would say, or, or, or what? What a uh, dystopian! We're in the dystopian future where we thought that we broke away from cable and commercials with our streaming services, but now we're just back to probably paying more than what you paid for cable, and you still have to watch tons and tons of fucking commercials to get through that shit. I mean, that's how Prime is now. At the pay, I. It just goes up and up and up, and they're like, they double the price. They're gonna be like, next year it's four hundred dollars, and you're still getting the ads on your on your Prime video. And you're not getting the two day shipping. <laughs> no, that's already gone. Everything that's Prime is like, uh, we'll get it to you in like two weeks, maybe. Yeah, you'll get it when you get it. Shut up. Yeah, you're gonna be happy that you bought it during Prime Day sale, where it was the exact same price it was four weeks ago, but you don't know that. And we're going to keep the price down low after the sale, too. We're out. That was a fun episode. Thanks, Chuck. And um, I don't think any more holiday stuff for some time. So we're back on track with our genres. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the Groundhog Day episode. Go back, listen to it again, even if Groundhog Day's been over for a week. You know, maybe you didn't want to be a part of Groundhog Day when it was happening, and now you just feel comfortable with jumping into it. Do it now check it out and uh, i've been having thoughts about that movie too chuck i keep going back to that movie because one thing that we didn't even mention that's just been on my mind is the fact that i think regularly when they see a phil phil's shadow or doesn't see a shadow when they do the whole groundhog thing it's always like at sunrise so the movie just he's waking up at six o'clock and has some plenty of time to get down there before they do the groundhog thing unless it's afterwards after uh, they've done it and he's just following up I guess yeah <laughs> I mean he has the crew that's set up there but talk about some belated news where they're like hey action 9 news where's the information on, on Phil people want to know and they're like well 
our weatherman, Phil, he, he just didn't give us that information yet. We don't have it. He sleeps till six. But yeah, when that radio goes off, he doesn't say, they don't say like, hey, Phil saw his shadow or anything like that. So nobody knows at that point. I don't know. Maybe we got very proactive and we're like getting up at three in the morning, putting on our tuxedos to see if this rodent <laughs> sees its shadow. All right. We're Cinema Demore. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. We're Cinema Demore. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with news and information on upcoming episodes. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Alexa, or iHeartRadio. It would be greatly appreciated if you subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We also appreciate feedback, so rate us, review us, and let us know what you think. And above all else, thank you for listening. <laughs>